Andres, Andres, hey, sorry, I didn't see you there. Um, uh, sorry, I've, I've been uh, wandering around with my headphones on. Can you guess what I'm listening to? You are listening to, well, I know you're listening to Hot for Teacher by Van I Hedlund. am listening to Hot for Teacher. <laughs> 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 yes. <laughs> Turns out that's, that's the only song that I have on my phone. That's why it keeps coming up. So, um, so, um, so we've seen a lot of films about teachers lately. Yes. Um, and I, for some reason, I keep coming back to the same Van Halen song, but I'm sure you must have a slightly more eclectic, uh, broader, more modern perspective on, on teachers than I have, especially because you meet a lot of them every day. I do. Um, when I was a boy, and I don't know whether you've heard of this, there was, yeah. uh, there was a, a, a really groundbreaking British soap opera for children which started like in the early 80s. It was on British television called hmm. Grange Hill. Have you ever heard of this? Gr Grunge, G-R-U-N-G-E? Grange Hill. Grunge Hill would be like, the, yeah, yeah, that would be the, the Seattle version. That's 90s. Oh, man, they should have called it Grunge Hill. <laughs> and it was fairly grungy. It was so, so it was like a soap um, for children, yeah. about children in a North London um, school. Ah. And it was like incredibly influential. A whole bunch of the actors who were kids in this show then went on to, to populate yeah. the British soaps for yeah. many years afterwards yeah. and you know you ask um brits of a certain age everybody will remember uh grain chill and everyone will remember yeah the theme song and the little uh, animation that used to start it off yeah um so even when i was you know a child um you know, it was clearly identified that schools were you know a, a great place for drama great place for characters um, you know, great place for that kind of uh, soapy recurring stories. Yeah. But I'm guessing, was there anything like that in the States? Um, this is, this sounds like it's a, uh, you said it was gritty and it was uh, not a comedy. Like we've had no, sitcoms. Yeah, it, was, it was trying to be realistic. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think. I'm terrible on most US television because I just didn't watch a whole lot. No, I see. So you had a far more cultured childhood than <laughs> I did. I was just stuck in front of a box all the time. I think it's more of a just I neglected stuff, I think, and <laughs> looked, looked elsewhere. But um, you were playing outside. I'll have, to have, I'll have to have a thought on that. I loved um, Kids in the Hall was a Canadian thing, but that's actually total on that's sketch comedy. And that they were uh, into their 20s and 30s when playing. <laughs> teenagers at the time. Um, yeah, let me think a little bit more on that. I don't think we had anything quite so gritty. There was Boston Public a couple of years back, um, set in school. That's that same to adults. Um, well, yeah, it was, it was the adult and the and the the youth crowd. I guess the teenager crowd. Um, when I was a little kid, there was something called Room Two Twenty Two, which I was really interested in. So that's probably closer to the time when you were talking about. It. I think that would be. Mid seventies or early eighties. Okay, um, Ryan. But yeah, I think of Facts of Life, which was sort of a girls' school thing. Um, no, I don't think the schools right offhand. Nothing's coming to me, but there should be something yeah, that iconic on this side of the pond. But I can't think of it off the top. I mean, of my head. Do films or TV ever get teachers right? Do you think? Um. No. Probably not. <laughs> no, because I mean, a lot of it's administrative. It's boring. It's not that exciting. But there are there are great teacher moments in films. I loved one that's um, technically a true story. It's uh, Edward James almost playing um, a teacher in a film called Stand and Deliver. So it's a super Latino part of Los Angeles, I believe, and he works with a bunch of uh, Latinos um, as their math teacher and. He has a group of kind of underperforming or perhaps poorly assessed students, and he just works them really hard but very lovingly at the same time. 
um, and it is based on a true story, and he gets them basically university credit. He takes this group of people um, and turns them into just amazing advanced placement calculus students, and they get university credit by taking this advanced, this um, uh, exam at the end. But he's just uh, very motivational and just very interesting character, and Edward James almost just does a great job in that role. So that one, technically real life. And I, mm. I think they kind of get him right. Like, if you you have to have a teacher who's really performative, I guess, and can really engage students in order to make it like cinematic and get it right. I think. I, I mean, perhaps everyone's getting it right because it's just kind of boring and they're 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 neglectful, I guess, or they're not that dynamic. Maybe, and maybe that's what most teachers are like. So that would be my <laughs> short take on that. Do you th- can you think of someone who's gotten it right e- either in the United States or in, uh, or in, in oh, the UK? I, I, I'm slightly cheating because I'm going to name a documentary. But oh. have you seen Have you seen um, Etre et Avoir? It's a French documentary about this really, really tiny school in this tiny village in France, huh. which is kind of it did the the kind of theatrical circuit. I don't know. It must have been the early two thousands, something yeah. like that. Um, and that, that's like yeah, you know, like a very sweet, touching documentary about this like this one guy. He like runs a school, and I think there's like it's a long time since I've seen it, but I think it's like there's six pupils, but the pupils range in age from yeah. like five to fourteen. Oh wow! And, and you know he's the one guy; he has to teach them all, yeah. so he has to kind of know everything and kind of control them all. But he's like this this um, sort of very sweet, really really dedicated teacher. And you could say, well, if you have a really small class, actually, maybe it's not that hard to be dedicated. Maybe mm. it's like, you know, it's when you're faced with a class of 38 kids, none yeah. of them want to be there. That, Precisely. That, you know, it's That's hard. Whereas, yeah. whereas if you've got like, yeah, just six kids in a class, then mm. you know, maybe it's not too hard to be dedicated. But I remember that being, yeah, like a really sweet, um, sort of touching, quite optimistic film about yeah. uh, about teaching, well, with have, a real teacher being a teacher. I was going to say, I have another sort of real teacher story, and that's a film, it's another French film, same era, 2008 or 2009 maybe, um, called La Classe, The Class. Okay. And it was written by a guy who taught in um, an urban um, uh, Paris school, I believe, he, very international student body, and he went on to write this thing, and I think he acts in it as well. Um, and it really captures um, that kind of classroom really well, in my opinion, um, to the point where I had, I had just been where <laughs> I saw the film. I had just been in Paris. I think I had um, a trip of students from the American School in London when I was teaching there, and we came back. Um, and I watched the film that very night and I was exhausted, but he's teaching this class and they're talking all the time in the class. And I found myself going shh, 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 in the theater because it just felt so real. Um, cause I spend much too much time shushing students. And uh, I think that just, it just captured it. it the, the, I felt like I was in the classroom. So I would recommend that one for probably a very realistic, uh, portrayal of a teacher. And it was written by a teacher and acted by a teacher. So it's called La Classe. Um, French film, nineteen uh, two thousand eight or so. Yeah, it's interesting you saying that a lot of teaching is about administration. Have, have you seen? Uh, do you remember Election? Yes, it's like that kind oh, of early, yeah. early Alexander Payne film. It's, yeah, Matthew Broderick is this yeah. kind of you know, slightly put upon teacher. Yes, <laughs> um, I seem to re- see, you know, long times I've seen it, but I seem to recall that he spends most of his screen time doing admin. Doesn't yes. he? Yes, yeah, he's grading papers, he's helping run the election, he's doing student council or something like that. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of extra stuff and. And I think that is kind of realistic. There's a lot of office type stuff, administrative stuff, um, extracurricular stuff that teachers have to do. Um, the best extracurricular, though, 
in my mind, Jack Black, School of Rock. I just, oh, oh yeah. God. Yes. I love that. And he brings in that substitute teacher mentality, that freshness of being outside the system. Um, Fresh, freshness is one word for it. <laughs> <laughs> so I like that. I know that's not realistic at all, but one of my favorite um, teacher performances on screen. Now, because you move in the world of teaching, there's teaching somehow seems to have, and I, I'm hoping this is a recent phenomenon, but it seems to have kind of been co-opted into the, the kind of culture war battlefield. Mm -hmm. There's kind of like a cultural agenda now surrounding teaching, which I was kind of not really aware of so much before. Um, I don't know whether, I don't know whether that is being reflected in cinema yet or whether mm. you are finding that impacting your day-to-day -day work are they telling you you know are they are they trying to ban books in your school are they telling you oh you can't teach this and you've got to got to give an even-handed view of the nazis when you teach your kids <laughs> uh no i am i am just very free in my teaching I, there are very few restrictions on us um obviously if i did something can't what even what could be perceived as controversial i might hear about it and talk about it but um no we don't have restrictions here i think there it seems to be more of a conservative movement i'm not in a conservative part of the country at all so um but in some places yeah they're they're definitely books that are banned um and discouraged um i think the librarians are having a hard time because there are a lot of um especially in conservative districts, people are really watching what they have in the libraries and um, what books we're reading. If anything, we've cut out a few books because they're just too, honestly, too racist in many cases, too imperialist. <laughs> yeah. uh, the language is just um, incredibly racist. So we've taken a few books out and we've tried to diversify, I think. And, you know, the conservatives see that as being too woke or whatnot, but um, it's just sort of decolonizing. We could talk about that a lot, decolonizing the curriculum and they, you know, they hate that. Conservatives yeah. hate to hear that. So I, I think, um, no, if anything, I think we're being taught to be more uh, inclusive. And uh, okay. I think some people see that as a threat. It's becoming sort of less white in the curriculum. And um, yeah, just it's, it's, I think we're getting more honest. And a lot of people don't like that in American education. They want to go back to the, just telling <laughs> Honesty, the same or less. Yeah, yeah. Yes. They have a catch on. <laughs> <laughs> so I, and I can't imagine that's happening anywhere in the UK, but maybe it is. I don't know. Well, I am kind of a little bit confused insofar as we have this thing called the National Curriculum, yeah, yeah. curriculum in the UK. And you know, the government sets, you know, pretty stringent parameters about what kids got to learn. Yeah. Um, so, but who who tells you what you've got to teach the kids then? Is it is, does it not happen at a national level? Not at all. Not at all. It's really dependent on the school. Um, we have certain standards, so we're we're sort of standards based. In the, we're trying to teach certain skills. Um, in terms of like uh, like stating an opinion and then giving evidence for your opinion or or backing it up with support, so that might be a standard. You know, like teaching kids how to do that. Um, so we're we're more based on just trying to teach skills. And because I'm teaching people who are learning the English language, um, I'm really focused on sort of basic reading and writing skills. Um, so I don't read much that's um, uh, in any way controversial. I do teach a social studies class where I try and be pretty honest about American history. So that's the one place where, again, I don't think I'm doing anything controversial and just feel like I'm being more truthful. Um, in, in terms of the, the level of racism in our history, the level of imperialism <laughs> in our history. And, and I'm very honest about it. And I, I, I feel like 
very, very similar as I'm teaching my students to give an opinion and then and set up the facts and give the evidence. I do the same thing when I'm teaching those um, honest points about American history. So that's the one area where I probably get a little bit controversial. Um, but again, I think it's just being aware and, and just not telling the sort of glossed over lies or the, the nice versions of the stories from the, uh, the history of this country. I must say, I know I'm even more confused now because um, you've just said that a lot of education is about teaching kids skills. And yet two minutes ago when we were talking about yeah. uh, Jack Black in School of Rock, you yeah. we were saying that was unrealistic. But actually, Jack Black was all about teaching his kids skills. Yes, musical skills. How to rock, man. How to rock. I tell you, if there's one teacher who was hot for teacher, yeah. it would be Jack Black. <laughs> Now, if you excuse me, I'm going to put my headphones back in. <laughs> I'm going to go and buy some popcorn. Let's be on our merry ways. 